Hello, welcome to Vitech Talks, the podcast. I'm Steve Brandt of Vitech, and this is where we discuss the trends and pressing issues, and certainly the important events shaping the group benefits and retirement industries. With the experts, leaders, and yes, even characters that make our industry what it is. This is a fast, fun way to gain insights and opinions on the topics we all care about. And I'm sure it'll be the best 15 minutes you can spend to keep yourself informed. And I promise, entertained. Hello again. I'm Steve Brandt here with Vitech Talks, the podcast. And I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Alice Reicher. She's a vice president here at Vitech. And we have her here today because we are talking about data conversions, data conversion strategies, namely for success, a very important topic in today's technology world. Alice, vice president at Vitech, she has been with the company for over 18 years and she has been leading our conversion team through many, if not most, of our clients. Uh, with great success over those years. And <clears throat> she's done all sorts of conversions from big bang conversions to new business only and convert and migrate uh, after a go live. So she really knows her stuff. She's also the author of four technical books on SQL. So Alice, great to hear from you today. Um, why don't we just jump right into it? Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having uh, this very important topic on your podcast. You got it. We're excited to have it. I know personally, I'm excited to have it because uh, in my role at, at Vitech, where we bring on uh, clients, um, you know, conversion is always a huge part of their their strategy um, and the reason why they're doing it to get off of old legacy systems and bring those those plans and that data onto the new system, Velocity. And that's really what supports their whole uh, investment strategy as to making the investment in the, in the new technology is when they can be um, uh, winding down those old legacy platforms. That's where they get the true value out of our system. So it's very important to me in my daily, uh, in my daily role, and I know it's important to you. So we have a few questions here, Alice. I'm going to you know, take you through them a little bit, and we'll have a nice conversation. So I think the first... I think the first question, kind of speaking to, to where I was going a little bit, is you know, what role does the data migration effort play in new systems implementation? Uh, some, most projects have some level of data migration. Uh, a system really comes alive with its data. Uh, that's when it has meaning to the users. And having accurate, clean, reliable and complete data is really critical to a project's success. And data migration can be a road filled with challenges. And the reasons for that are really legacy source problems, dirty data, data inconsistencies, or missing data. And our extensive experience uh, in helping clients migrate that legacy data allows us to recommend best practices and help our clients in this endeavor. And our data migration effort is supported by very experienced team members with a deep domain knowledge, excellent technical experience and skills. 
along with a breed of data conversion practices uh, and strategies. So yes, data migration plays a vital role in the project implementation and its success. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you put that, that first part of that answer. You know, data is, is what makes, um, data is what makes the system come alive. And, you know, there's not, not a truer statement than you can make, right? I mean, that's why we all, we all do what we do. Um, and, and, and that, that really is the, the end game for these, for, for our clients. So without, without getting their data from their legacy systems and into the new platform to make that new platform really come alive and bring the value, we're, not, we're really not having a successful relationship with them. Um, so, so you mentioned the team, you mentioned our success um, and your experience. What, what are some of the key success factors? I mean, what do you really see as the things that drive the success in these migration processes? I think there is a, it's not just one item, it's a number of factors that have an impact. Um, but some of the most important ones are how much history to migrate, how to handle dirty or missing data, uh, what are some of the best approaches to confirm that the legacy data is fully integrated with the new system and working as expected, how to reconcile the data to verify that all the legacy data has been accounted for. And of course, uh, another critical success for is the composition and the experience of the entire data migration team, whether it's the legacy side together with the new target system. Yeah. And I like the way you put that dirty data. I don't think I've ever heard that, <laughs> that said before, but that's uh, that kind of says it all, right? We take your dirty data, we make it clean and put it into a new system and it all comes alive. That's a really kind of a great, uh, visual uh, in my head. Um, so, I mean, you know, to get at these success factors, I mean, what kind of advice do you give organizations who are planning these migrations? Well, um, it really depends, like I said, on these uh, and a number of, um, of factors. Uh, obviously, the strategy is very important right off the bat. What do we, you know, how do we handle, for example, historical data? Um, and um, and how do we um, how do we approach the whole migration um, as a you know as a whole? How do we uh, phase it? How do we make a, do? Are we doing a big bang? Are we doing a phased implementation? Again, this depends sometimes on the industry, uh, but uh, there is a lot of strategies and uh, approaches to data conversion. It's not one size right. fits all. Right, like like anything else, right? There's a lot of work that needs to happen up front. To make it successful, you know, you, you mentioned and I mentioned Big Bang versus, I uh, call it uh, after post go live type conversions. Um, can you can you just spend a minute, you know, on on the differences? I mean, for those out there in the audience who, when we say Big Bang, are kind of scratching their head, um, you know, versus not Big Bang. Sure. So a Big Bang. Um, would be a big grand migration would be a one-time migration. So you bring everything over at once. And that's most frequently done with some of our retirement clients because uh, they need the data all at once uh, versus an insurance client. Um, we can migrate based on one, one of their groups or multiple of their groups or based on you know, certain criteria um, because the data is much more independent Therefore, it can be separated and, and brought in. Uh, and then, but even on retirement clients, you could 
um, also split the data and not go live with a big bang, for example, depending depending on the migration on the implementation approach. So for example, if there's multiple rollout, the data always goes along with the appropriate rollout. So you could have a retirement client go go a big bang and bring out all the or implement all the modules and convert all the data for the modules. Or you might decide on this retirement client might have you know, two or three rollouts, that's potentially possible too. And then we would convert the appropriate data with uh, for each respective rollout. And, and, and that's, that's really helpful. Um, and, and what are the pros to a big bang? Pros and cons to each. I mean, everything has benefits in, you know. Um, I, yeah, there are, I mean, there are many, uh, most, of, most of the time the data conversion it really follows the implementation approach. So right. if we decide uh, that, or if uh, you know, the client decides that the uh, multi-rollout is a better approach, then uh, then it, it is usually for business reasons, right? Sometimes it's their legacy sources already two separate systems. So sometimes the risk is lower if you migrate one set of data first and then you bring over the other set because it's already logically separated and the business is logically separated and then you bring it together. I mean, that can be one reason, um, but there is not, um, you know, there may, may are many reasons why you would do it one way or another. Like I said, it really depends on the legacy sources. It depends on many, on the rollout strategy. So there's, there's not one individual criteria that would you say, you know, this is the way to go. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. That makes absolute sense. Um, in in your experience, what are the things that make a conversion most successful? Consistently see as being the most most important thing to being successful. And what do you see as the the thing that uh, mostly will cause an unsuccessful or troublesome conversion? Well, one of the criteria, is, as I mentioned earlier, is how much historical data needs to be migrated. Um, right. And it really all depends. Uh, for a retirement client, you know, you always need historical data just because that's the nature of the business. However, even there, not everything needs to be migrated. Um, so there are conversations to be had around the data retention requirement, what's necessary versus nice to have. Um, versus an insurance implementation typically requires far less history uh, than, uh, than a retirement implementation. Um, but regardless, um, you really want to start off with a solid data migration strategy. So it's really important to identify the essential data that must be migrated. And then uh, conversations with users, um, because some users have to recognize that history becomes less and less relevant over time. And users like to hold on to their data, understandably, um, but really it depends on the type of data, but the overarching motto sometimes has to be less data is more because um, these decisions on historical data have a wide ranging impact on the timeline, the cost, the data cleansing, the testing, and the project team resources. So that's why those decisions right up, uh, up front have a significant impact. And so much of it is the, 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 the dependency is spread out right across the vendor and the client or the client's partners. This is not something that either one organization can do alone, correct? 
Um, oh, yeah. It's very much a team effort. Um, we really work very closely together with all the teams to make sure that uh, the data is properly coming over, that it's accounted for, it's reconciled, that it works as expected. So it's a really, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a team effort. Yeah. And do you ever think we'll see a day when this becomes easy? Uh, I think it gets easier um, yeah. over time. Um, not to say that it's, uh, you know, that it is easy, but I think there is enough tool, knowledge and experience out there. Um, people who have done it over and over again, um, who can guide um, projects in the right directions. Um, so I think that's, uh, that definitely helps. I mean, what I've seen, it's more, we are converting more and more data, more complicated data, but at the same time, I think we're all getting much better at it. And we understand where the risks are. And accordingly, we know what the proper mitigation strategies are, what we should be doing and not doing. And so I think that overall helps. That's, that's, that's uh, really good. We, we certainly should be able to, as, as a company that uh, looks to convert data into our systems, become better and better and better at it. Um, the clients can become better at it too, but they don't do it as much as we do, right? Uh, and so that becomes kind of a variable that we have to deal with. Um, and then just the fact that, you know, some of these systems are 35, 40 years old. So when we say legacy data, uh, we truly mean it. And those systems are getting upgraded. So the next time maybe we convert, maybe 10 or 15 years from now, we'll be converting out of a more modern platform. And it should make a difference, right? <laughs> well... Yeah, but I, I have to say, even uh, even though sometimes the systems may be very, very old, there it's not always the case. Sometimes we even have more modern systems, but uh, but it's just a matter of consolidating and getting uh, adding more data, more functionality. Right. Um, so it's it, even younger systems have their challenges. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, very good, Alice. Uh, this has, uh, I think, been really enlightening for me, and I'm sure the the, the listeners uh, are going to appreciate it as well. I think we're running up, just running up against our time. Uh, is there any final thoughts or encouragement or advice that you want to give people out there if they're entering into a conversion or migration uh, project? I mean, the key advice I would say is uh, um, is having the right team on your side. Um, uh, that's really important. Um, getting people on on the data migration team that are experienced, uh, that have done this before, and uh, <clears throat> know how to mitigate uh, the problems. I think those are those are really the key. Yeah, great advice and. And as is so true in so many of these things, even as we're talking about technology and technology, it's better every day. It always does come down to the people. Well said, Alice. And thank you for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you on. We look yeah, forward to look forward Thanks to for having for having this t important topic on your podcast. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Thanks again, Alice. That was incredibly enlightening conversion talk. And now we're gonna convert over to the Brant Rant. And unless you've been living under a rock anywhere on the globe, 
uh, you you have heard about the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, uh, an amazing woman who spent 70 years on the English throne and has taken England from uh, a, a, a country that was uh, ruled by a monarch to one that into a modern day political system. Uh, but she uh, stayed in her throne as a steady influence over that transition and quite frankly, a steady influence over the world. I mean, how many people um, uh, get to do that, right? And have that kind of impact on a whole globe. She was certainly a bright light um, for, I think, everybody uh, over the past 70 years uh, who, um, whether you followed her or not, or whether you were a fan of the Royals or not, you certainly knew who they were. You certainly heard about her, maybe watched some movies, read some articles, People Magazine. I mean, the um, the reach uh, was unmatchable and the, the amount of time that she was in that spot doing her thing um, was uh, remarkable, to say the least. And, you know, what's amazing now is the past five days have been just honoring her her life. And what's even more amazing to it all is, is first of all, they haven't done this in 70 years because she's been there so long. And 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 now they're passing they're passing it on to her son, who's now the king. You know, in that moment he became King Charles, which is amazing. And 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 the question is, can he do the job that she did? Obviously, it's a different era. Uh, the, 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 the country of, of, of England, the region of UK, uh, is in a different place than it was, you know, 70 years ago, even 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how now a king can follow on a queen who's been there for 70 years. I know I'll be watching. I think we all will, especially in the, in the short term. So rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth II. You made your mark on the world, and Godspeed. Thank you.